0: Welcome to
1: this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Joining us now,
0: Hawks executive Arthur Trish.
1: Do you not have privileges with the rookies you can't make them take care of that? Ooh,
0: you think I'm going to tell
1: Ivan Johnson something? Are you crazy? I value my life. With your host, Gallyus Anderson, it down behind his
0: head, Sekou Smith and
1: Lang Whitaker.
0: The NBA's Executive Vice President of Basketball, versus Stu Jackson, is joining us now on the podcast. I wanted
1: to ask you, Stu. When players see you coming,
0: do they get out of the way now? No, the
1: worst thing that happened
0: to me was uh, caller ID. Sports editor of the nation, Dave Zirin. Only the Knicks, for $100 million, would sign somebody with one eye and 2 microfracture surgeries. But shut my mouth. He's our most important New York Jew since Woody Allen. Now it's time for the tip-off. Time, time to blow taps on uh, <laughs> for a couple of teams. They go. I know they go fishing on, on, on Inside the NBA. We blow taps for them here on the Hangtime Podcast. Seku Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. Lang Whitaker, my, oh. uh, my beleaguered partner in crime, under the weather. Got a little hawk's flu.
1: Got the uh, bird flu. <laughs>
0: your, your boys bow out ungracefully last night uh, to the Boston Celtics in Game 6 in Boston. I, I know it's... I know it's not easy trying to, uh, make sense of the things that happened to that team. Um, how much, how much stuff did you throw at the TV or against the wall watching the end of that game last
1: night? You know, I, I, I honestly, I kind of had a curiously empty feeling when they got knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was other games in that series where I yelled and screamed a lot more than I did last night down the stretch. You know, even when they, they were, the Hawks had a lead with, I think it was 42 seconds left, yeah, and there was a timeout. Um, the Hawks had a one-point lead, and the Celtics were walking back on the court, and I turned to my wife and I said, it's weird how even though we're winning, it feels like we're behind. And she didn't even look up from her iPad. But, uh, <laughs> you know, 10 seconds later, KG hits a turnaround jumper, and, and that was it um i i just kind of you know i I didn't expect the Hawks to beat the celtics going into it i hope they would but i didn't really expect them to and and so when they lost i you know um it wasn't the most shocking thing in the world to me yeah
0: but uh, admit it you gave yourself a, a brief moment of of hope i bet after josh smith crossed over went to the rim dunk you probably thought we're getting ready to do this like we're getting ready to win this game. Tell the truth. You had it for a second. Tell me the truth.
1: I, you know why I, you know why I didn't. I was excited <laughs> when he, you know that that play where he got that dunk. The Hawks ran that play three times in a row right down the stretch, because um, it was a it was a play for Joe on the left side. Right. And he, Joe was supposed to come off a pick from Al on the left side, and then on the right side was Josh and Marvin and and Teague. But the Celtics defended that thing so well, and, you know, maybe they fouled, maybe they didn't. But Josh – I mean, Joe couldn't get open on any of those plays. So one of those plays ended up with Josh Duncan. The next time down, they ran the same thing, and they ended up with Horford taking that kind of -of fall-out-of-bounds finger roll that went in. Right. uh, And they scored on that play. So even when they were scoring, like, they weren't really doing what they were trying to do. And, you know, I I just – I I never felt comfortable in in having that lead. I was excited they had a lead. I think I might have slapped a coffee table or something, but I was never excited. I never felt like they were going to actually win the game. Uh, We haven't even talked really since the end of that. (laughs) The previous game. (laughs) Team Chaos at
0: its finest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When that game ended, I just laughed for like 10 minutes. I didn't know how to react. I couldn't stop laughing about how crazy the ending of that game was. I mean, this – this has
0: been a playoffs where, like, there's just been an inordinate amount of craziness that's going on. Um, yeah. I felt watching the end of that game, the end of the Bulls game, the 76ers winning the game the way they did last night with a, with just an absolute wacky play, you know, Andre Iguodala going the length of the floor, you know, and, and getting fouled and then sinking to, you know, two free throws to, to beat the Bulls and eliminate the number one seeded Bulls in the
1: Eastern Conference first round. Um, it's just been one crazy thing after another. I, I didn't expect that for the Bulls like their two biggest plays of the season would involve Omer Asik <laughs> offensively and defensively <laughs> on back-to-back plays. Um and you know you know the other we haven't even talked about Denver LA which to me is might be the craziest <laughs> series going on right now.
0: Um, yeah, you don't like uh you don't like Andrew Bynum chilling over there on
1: the side of the uh That didn't bother me. They they really. the bench. That didn't oh, bother me. <laughs> drove me crazy. I'm like, what is the world? You know, they, they were losing by 25 points. Like, what is he gonna do?
0: I don't know. Get in the huddle. I mean, at <laughs> least get. You know, you at least fake it and act like you. Can. You know, you want to be a part of. You want to be a part of it when you're rolling. You got to be a part of it when you're getting drilled. You let know?
1: me ask you. Let me ask you this. I was I was watching that game last night, and it reminded me of a of a playoff series from a couple years ago. Um, just like the, the way both teams looked, the way they're acting, the style of the game reminded me of golden state, Dallas from 2007.
0: Yes, I, I did think of that. I, I, part of me thought this has a lot of that feel to it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to overdo it. I think, you know, we probably should know. I probably shouldn't go too crazy with trying to compare this one. To, to some others, but it, it's been fantastic. Every every year, I rage on about how great the playoffs, you know, get as we as we dig deeper and deeper into it, and how much I love the craziness. And people always talk about, oh, March Madness is the greatest, you know, sport event. Uh, this is forty days and forty nights of absolute chaos, man. I love it. I love the NBA playoffs.
1: Right. Love
0: the NBA playoffs. <laughs> um, we get, speaking of the Lakers, we got a game seven. Lakers Nuggets we could very well get a game 7 Clippers and Grizzlies I mean yeah which one do you think which one do you think is is a it will be the the bigger shocker in LA obviously the Clippers winning that series against Memphis or obviously the Lakers losing their series to uh the Denver
1: Nuggets I think right now it would be the Lakers losing because the Clippers are you know they're up three two, um, so at this point you, you kind of expect them to be able to win one of these last two games. I think the big question there is Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, right? Like how injured are these guys, and if they can't go, then what happens? Because to me that you know that, I mean that's that's the Clippers, that's their heart right there. And Chris Paul is one of the toughest dudes I've ever met and seen play, but. You know, and maybe Chris Paul at 75% is enough to get them through. But, uh, you know, without him and without Blake, I'm just, I don't know what happens to them.
0: Do you, are are you worried at all, Lang, that the injuries that have piled up on a lot of these different teams will alter these playoffs? Because somebody mentioned that to me today. They said, hey, if Al Horford had been healthy, the Hawks might have. And I said, "They, they still, I said, whether he was healthy or hurt, they're the same they're the same team with him on the floor in those last two games like i don't know that they're a markedly better team i mean they lost they lost two games to the to the celtics without al horford right playing the you know playing a, his normal role and then they lost two games with him i mean they lost again you know the deciding game with him playing his normal role you know what i mean so I, I don't know that that one guy makes a big enough difference to sway a series one way or another. To me, to me,
1: I think it's not just Horford. You know, I, I thought Zaza was was huge. His absence too, um, and that wasn't really talked about much at all on the on the thing. But um, right. to me, the, the way Zaza, you know, then you don't have to play Dan Pierce and Collins if Zaza's out there. But look, at right. the same time, at the same time, you know, if Paul Pierce was a hundred percent, maybe things are different that way too. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like to. You know, I had as a Hawks fan, I, I thought the Hawks got some bad calls against them. Um, same time, they got to play a game without Rondo and Ray Allen, and they lost that game. So I don't. I try not to look at it and cast blame, or you know, sure. look at whatas and couldas. Uh, the Celtics were the better team.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. And 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 is I guess you have to come to that realization at some point. I saw where Joe Kim Noah, even today, when the, the Bulls are cleaning out their lockers and heading home for the for the summer, he's still saying that you know, I think we're the you know I think I still think we're Tina can compete with anybody It's Like well yeah, all, all things being equal, sure, but right. you never have a, you know you never have a perfect setting you know in the playoffs. Somebody's always hurt. Somebody's always sick. Um, right. you know, you saw Kobe Bryant walking around like a zombie, and 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 still scoring thirty plus last night, which was pretty pretty remarkable loss. <laughs> yeah, loss for the for the for the Lakers. I kept saying it too. I was like, man, look at Kobe. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, he's got the flu and he's balling. The rest of the team needs the flu. Like. <laughs> He should have, you know, he should have went and just coughed on everybody about 10 <laughs> minutes in and seen if he could have infected them, whatever was wrong with him, because Kobe was shooting the lights out yesterday. <laughs> um I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm 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 torn about what I think of these playoffs, because the more the more games I see, the more convinced I am that we're going to be in San Antonio uh for at least part of these playoffs. And I, I could be wrong. But I'm looking at everybody, and they and everybody looks like they have something that's awry, like something's off or something's a little crazy, but not the Spurs, man. And what do you think's wrong know, with the Thunder? I just think that you know, with Kendrick Perkins hurt, and you don't know exactly what you get from him, and depending on who they play, you could end up with uh, a tough match for them in the paint if they get the Lakers, you know. And the way the way Fareed and and Mozgov played last night, I'm not sure you wouldn't have a tough matchup with with Denver. Right. Uh, you know when they're playing inspired like that, but that's what it looks like to me, Lang. I'm curious what it looks like to a guy who's used to being on these courts, um, right. night after night. And and we got a good friend of ours joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Our main man Jamal Crawford.
1: Jay Creasy. Uh,
0: how you guys doing? <laughs> What's up, sir? How are you doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. Listening to you guys. You know that. Yeah, <laughs> man. Are you are you watching these games and rubbing your head like going, what and you know how's this all? How did this how did this get so crazy so fast in some of these games that you see every night?
2: Yeah, I definitely am. It's been the craziest and I'm watching from a, a fan perspective, you know, not right. the guy who just plays on the court and it's it's been crazy. It's been the craziest season. The playoffs are getting a little crazy as well. You know, I thought I thought Chicago was gonna hold on and pull that one out last night because I honestly thought if they got to game seven they would be able to win at home, you know, and that would have been a great comeback knowing that Philly was up three one, so I mean, yesterday with with Boston Atlanta that could went either way, you know, and yeah. this is some crazy games. Now the Lakers in a dog fight in Game Seven at home. You know, I think they get our back, to steal our metal world yeah. piece, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I should yeah. say, yeah,
0: yeah. Call him by the right name. We don't want him swinging. Balls. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> when I play, when I played with him, he was our but he's metal world piece now. So. Right. Got to Got to Got to Got Uh
1: Jamal, look, looking at you know, Seiko and I were just talking about. Oklahoma City and San Antonio probably being the, you know, top two teams in the West. Um, You know, as someone who played against both those teams and as a fan, looking at those two teams as a matchup, who do you think has the advantage between those teams and, you know, where are the advantages there?
2: I think the Spurs, honestly. Looking at it, I think the Spurs are going to come out of the West. It's like every year, nobody talks about them. They'll go on these long winning streaks, and I don't know how they quietly do it every single year. And they, <laughs> at the end of every year, they're always there at the end. You know, yep. I think the Spurs would do it. You know, I think um, with OKC, I think they're a team on the rise, and I definitely believe that. You know, they're just as talented as any team out there in the West with those those three guys out there, and then you have Perkins in the back, and everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And now Fitcher, you know, somebody who can be a common factor for them. But I think the Spurs are coming out of the West. Honestly, I just don't see a team in the West beating them. I think the Spurs can kind of dictate the tempo and flow when they're playing against the center and, and kind of take away the athleticism and stuff that Oklahoma City likes to do.
0: Jamal, you, you've you been in in the, the middle of these playoff mixes before, and you see the kind of scrutiny the teams get, you know, Charles and Kenny and Shaq and Ernie Johnson on, on the inside after games, analyzing what they saw and what went on. What, what goes through your mind when you see the late-game scenarios like we saw in the Chicago-Philadelphia game or – the Atlanta-Boston series. How do, You know, what makes sense to you that you saw on the court at the end of both of those games? And then what do you look at as a player and say, this guy should have known not to do that, or, you know, you got right, right. to know not to leave this guy. I mean, what, what kind of thoughts go through your head when you watch the ends of those games?
2: Yeah, like I said, when I watch it, I watch it as a fan. I, sometimes I get in trouble it on Twitter. Because I'm like, yeah, I like Chicago. I, I like Chicago's team. We're like, oh, you want to go back to the Bulls, or you know, Atlanta? I like Atlanta. Oh, you shouldn't have left. It's like I'm like, no, I'm just talking from a fan perspective. And so it's just a fine line. And with, and with Al in, in Atlanta, I was already counting those two free throws good. So many times when he's come through for us. I remember one time he almost got tackled, and he still got up and hit his two free throws in one game. He got hit a lot harder than that, you know. And it just that's the way it goes sometimes. And he did the exact same thing on the second free throw and. It, the first one went in and out. You know, he shot the exact same way. And, and he's a winner. And It's just tough. It's tough. But I think that's what makes it exciting. You just never know what the playoffs.
1: I think you just said that about C.J. Watson because we know you wouldn't have passed it in that situation. <laughs> oh, here
2: you go. <laughs> Me personally, I would have dribbled that one out. I would have dribbled that one out. <laughs> because they have to fail. You know, they, they yeah, totally, totally have to fail. Yeah, but I have been in that situation before where that same kind of thing happened. It wasn't a playoff game. And you know, I remember passing Eddie Curry in Chicago and the ball got tried to through alley-oop or something in that situation. He got tipped, and we got it back, and somebody got fouled, but I learned from that situation. So that may have been the first time CJ's been in that particular right. situation. I'm sure he'll learn from it. Right.
0: Jamal, what, what do you – what do guys say in a locker room after the Lakers game last night when you know you have to go back home to to kind of wipe away the stain of a, of a bad loss, and then you got to take care of business to move on to that next round? I mean, what – do, guys, do players talk to each other, or do you kind of look at each other and just understand what's at stake when you walk out of that locker room knowing you got to go home and, and play a game seven and finish off some business you yeah. started that should have been done already?
2: Yeah, yeah, you kind of just, you know, you know, there's not too much more talking you could do. I remember being in a game seven situation when we were playing Milwaukee Bucks my first year in Atlanta, you know, and I think we got up uh, on the series, we got up 2-0, and then they won three in a row you know, then the pressure's back on us, and we had to go win game six in, in Milwaukee and then go home and win game seven. You know, and there's nothing to be said. You know, you have to come out there, because if you lose, there is no tomorrow. There is no second chances. The, the record doesn't matter in, in the regular season, you know, for the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It's that one game, and, and Denver's going there like they have absolutely nothing to lose. You know, if they get high at the right time, they could be a handful to deal with. And, and I know, you know, Kobe, he's playing the right way for sure, getting those big guys involved and everything, but I know Kobe as well, and if if things start going south fast, he's like, uh-uh, I'm going down, my, my, my gun's raised, you know, and we know that. So.
1: <laughs> right. so
2: it's going to be an interesting game seven.
1: How much do you think of this craziness we're seeing in the postseason is, you know, partially because of this crazy season we just had where all these games were so fast and there wasn't a lot of time for, like, teams to kind of get into a groove or, or work on their offense or their defense, that kind of thing. Do you think that played a part? Um, sort of in the way that this these playoffs have just been, been so insane and up in the air?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it it sets a toll. You know, I think it's yeah. like if you're building a house you have to start from the ground up and our foundation was, was December fifteenth, uh, you know, or whatever the date that was, saying that we're back in action and getting ready to go and everything was just thrown together. You know, for example, usually we play back to back games or, you know, three and four nights and, and three and four nights takes a toll, but we had three and three nights and six and seven nights, you know, for some teams. And you're never really able to recover, you know, and all those injuries and uh, all those different things are coming up. It's not by accident or coincidence. I think it, we set the tone with that, how everything plays this offseason. Jamal, do you do you feel like uh,
0: if you don't tune into these games, you know, because I've had this, this sinking feeling, like I'm scared to miss – the end of any game so i'm like <laughs> scrambling around trying to watch do do you feel that same way when the playoffs start? like i have to make sure i watch all these games to you know so i don't miss what's happening and i'm and i bring that up because game one of the of the memphis um clipper series i was in oklahoma city at the at the hotel on sunday night and i'm i'm multitasking i got the computer out i'm doing a little work i got the tv on but i got the mute but, no, when the, when the lead stretched to, like, 25 or something, you know, I was like, oh, gosh, you know, I, wanna, I don't want to hear these dudes talk about what they did on vacation last year. So I'll just mute it and keep staring at the TV. And then I look up, and the lead is dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And it brought me back to that, that Golden State series, in, you know, against the Mavericks a few years ago. And I vowed to myself, I'm not missing playoff games because you might miss some historic moment. Do you, do you have that same feeling? especially if you're on the West Coast and you're like, I don't want to miss a second of any of these games because you might miss something special.
2: Oh, yeah, I got two TVs going. Every time I'm downstairs, <laughs> I'm looking at both. One's on mute and one's going, and I'm just back and forth. You know, I think that the playoffs, even more this season, is, is must-see TV. Like, you never know what can happen. I mean, think about the Clippers being down 23, 25 points on the road, you know, and, and coming back, in the win. That's stuff that you can't miss. It's the stuff that's unscripted. And that's the, 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 the great thing about sports, but even more this season for the simple fact of how everything is playing out, you know, and I think it'll continue to be like that. And it's been some really good matchups, you know, even like um, Atlanta-Boston. You know, like, I love watching those series because they can go back and forth. And, and one team thinks they have something figured out. and are like, okay, we're going to put a couple wins together. And and, and now it's not even wins; It's going quarter by quarter. Things are changing and adjusting. Another guy is stepping up. Another guy is not. And somebody may be out and somebody else has to step up. It's just been great so far.
1: Right. So, well, you know, you you were in the Western Conference this season, but spent a couple years in the East before that. Looking at the East right now, Which team do you think has the best chance of uh, hanging with the Heat going forward, or is this just the Heat's year to to take the conference?
2: Before, I thought it was Chicago, you know, for sure. And then I think the Heat, they may drop a game or two in the series, but I I don't see them really being challenged. You know, I think Indiana will will maybe steal a game or two, but I still think over the test of time, it's almost like if you run – a 60-meter 60, a 60 dash, you know, anybody can kind of win you enough know, to a good start. But it's the longevity of it, and the longer a series goes, the heat is, I think, they're superior than most teams in the East. So I think those guys will definitely come out of the East. I thought Chicago was probably the best bet, you know, if anybody else is going to take that from them. Jamal, I, and
0: I know we appreciate you hanging with us, man. We don't want to hold you too long. But I got to ask, do you, do you look at, at the situation you guys had in Portland this year and lament? The fact that, you know, this could have been y'all in the playoffs. You know, this could have been the Trailblazers um, in one of these series, you know, and and involved in all of this drama. And, and, you know, things obviously went sideways. But do you you look back on it and and have a a sense of what changed or what shifted so dramatically that it knocked y'all out of that mix and and didn't allow y'all to become one of these 16 teams that we got a chance to see in the playoffs?
2: Yeah, I I honestly would have bet my last dollar, you know, even before the season started, you know it, it, and I said that when we started out 7-2 and and we were number one on the West for three weeks I said it's it's so surprising to me because it's a team who 6 or 7 of the, of the new rotation guys haven't played together to get off to such a start you know, it I, I was a shortened training camp, all these new guys, it's hard to to get off to a good start and I think if we would have started out just going 500 the whole way, people would have be been like, you know what they lost Brandon Rule, like Greg Olden still hurt all these new guys, we can accept that but the fact that we started out 7-2 and two and opened everybody's eyes, it made the fall much more dramatic once we started losing. You know what I mean? So then it became, oh, man, they're in the 500. What's going on? Well, now they're losing by 20 points. What's going on? So now it's like, okay, all these losses are piling up and things are so dramatic. Something has to give. and have to trade that line. You know, unfortunately, we saw Marcus Camby and, and, and Gerald Wallace start started trading Coach McMillan gets fired. You know, and and I think that was – prior to that because of how dramatic the, the, the how we shot the gate you know being 7-2 and two, everybody's like man watch out for Portland you know and then to fall under 500 and the way we start losing by 20 points 25 points I knew something you just had a feeling that something was going to happen but I, I'm disappointed that we're I in the playoffs there's nothing like playoff basketball I mean you can have a guy who was just average who was supposed to be good just had an average season but get to the playoffs and he gets his name back, you know what I mean, or he ties he people again. So that's, that's what the playoffs does for you.
1: What's up for you now? Play some ball up in Seattle, probably. What else you got going on? Oh,
2: yeah, I'm already playing ball. <laughs> <laughs> Rainier Beach Community <laughs> Center. I know Exactly, you right? <laughs> I have a lot of things going on, stuff with my, my charity and my foundation. So um, the other day, myself, Pete Carroll, Brandon Roy, Martell Webster, Steve Ballmer, Chris Hansen, the guy who's trying to bring back the Sonics here, we just did a big event for the A-plus Foundation. On June uh, 16th, my summer pro league starts, and that's every weekend we play in the city and the community. Kids are free, and I have uh, different stars come every weekend. You know, Brandon, we'll be playing. I'll have Nate Robinson, Jason Terry, all these guys. Uh, John Wall came and played last year. Then on June 30th, I'll have my actual charity all-star game, and that's when we have all the guys from around the league, the Rudy Gays and all these guys come out to, to Spokane, Washington. Spokane is where they do the largest poop fest in the nation, so there'll be 100,000 people out there. So we we'll do a big game out here supporting the A-plus Foundation. The 4th of July, we do a barbecue for the whole city. Um, July 13th, we start my basketball camp, 13th through mm-hmm. 16th. Um, what else we got? We got a back-to-school backpack giveaway. We give kids uh, backpacks fully stocked, so it takes the pressure off the parents to supply the school supplies when school starts. We give them free haircuts and a of basketball camp. So we're always doing something, you know what I mean, in the community. And, and then, obviously, our free agency starting in July as well. So it'll be a busy summer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, we're not going to start the fires, man, but what is Brandon Roy looking like on the court? Any chances of him, you know, coming <laughs> out of retirement, you think, this year?
2: I think there's definitely a chance. Brandon, if you walked in the gym and didn't know everything that you know about his knees and stuff like that, you would say, okay, well, I see why he's a – a three-time All-Star, you know he looks really, really <laughs> good. He looked really good. Um, yeah, it's just up to him and you know how he moves forward with the process of you know his knees and if there's treatments that can be done to help.
1: shaker's trying to start a fire. I'm just saying, I, I'll Uh-oh. start a little Jay.
0: Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Nah, Thanks no for the problem. assist. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get on trouble in Twitter today.
2: I know, right? You gonna have twelve fire to be trending. <laughs> you
0: better believe it, man. Listen, thanks, Jamal. Thanks, Good to Jamal. talk to you, man, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you up down the summer, man.
2: Okay, for sure. Anytime you guys are me back, I'm there.
0: All right, man. Jamal Crawford, currently of the technically on, on the Portland Blazers roster until free agency begins, Lang. Um so yeah, it's it is going to be a very interesting summer for him. Um but I'm glad he could join us on the hang time podcast and interesting observations from him. And I'm serious. Now I would, I would start that Brandon Roy fire. If I could, I mean, I wish I was out there to see him. Cause I'm too, ter- I'm serious. I, I've wondered all season, like, would he have a chance to come back, um, and, and come out of retirement if his body felt good enough, you know, and if, if he felt comfortable getting back out there on those knees,
1: right. Um, But good to hear from him. Good to hear from Jamal. I'm sure if he felt good enough, he'd want to come back. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you always
0: you got guys who always feel like the body is is good enough, Um, and he's certainly young enough to, you know, to to make an attempt. You know. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, uh, you know, I've been wondering that. Uh, Every time I see somebody who plays in the league, and I'm wondering like. If you don't make the playoffs, do you sp- Are you like us? Do you spend all your every night watching playoff games once they start? And uh, how could you not? I mean, if you, if, <laughs> it, it would, you know what I mean? It would be like, how do you not watch the the finish of that marathon that is the NBA season? You, you, you how could you run the first, you know, twenty miles and then? You're not in the race anymore, and you go, eh, I don't really care who wins. I'm going to go home and do something. I mean, you got to watch the end of the race. <laughs> you know
1: I've I mean? been having I've been having to uh, – I've adjusted my schedule now where I try to take a <laughs> quick nap right after dinner. Yeah. They can stay up the whole way and then still wake up early, so. Yeah. Um, I, I keep
0: getting yelled at at my house because in the morning, you know, the, game, the late game, like Lakers on late last night, um, you know, and – when you wake up in the morning and the TV is on TNT, like a, the TV is still on, which is a problem. Right. Um, cause you fall asleep, watch it inside because it's so, so... <laughs> Then when you wake up in the morning, it's on TNT and like, I don't know Lost... how many times you, I don't know how many times you've seen like old episodes of Angel. <laughs> or, <I've> or...
1: Literally... <laughs> or Las I've Vegas. Literally...
0: Yeah, I mean, I've literally <laughs> woken up to I've woken up to to an old episode of Angel every day during the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't yeah. like it when it was actually on the air, but I'm all over it now. I'm I'm, I'm almost caught up now in my episodes of Angel. <laughs> Start, starting the same dude that's in uh, Bones, another show that I watched before. Inside comes on. <laughs> 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 Two shows that I'm very well schooled on now: Angel and Bones. Maybe we
1: should get uh David Boreanaz to come on here with us.
0: I think we should. I'm, I'm listen. I guarantee you, he has no idea how familiar a face he is in the world of basketball.
1: Yeah, right now, especially.
0: Yeah, like people know him. Like you know, even if you don't know the show, you know who the dude is who comes on before Inside and who's on in the morning when you wake up <laughs> after. So... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Lang, we got the second round is coming. Um, not all of the matchups are, are locked in yet. Do, is it going to be some familiar faces? You think coming out of the, coming out of this, these uh, conference semifinals? You think? Like Jamal said, the Spurs, obviously, the Thunder, you look at them and assume maybe they move on to that next round. And then the East, Miami is everybody's favorite. and A lot of people figured Boston had a chance, you know, to maybe make this last run and get to the conference finals one last time with the big three-plus Rondo. I mean, is it as easy as it looks on paper, or should we maybe, you know, recalculate a little bit?
1: Oh, you know, the series that I'm interested in is uh, Philly and Boston. Um you know, as as much as we just kind of assume Boston's going to roll, um, the Sixers played them pretty well during the season. <laughs> they beat them twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Sixers have, you know, they kind of have the young depth, which the Hawks didn't really have. Yeah. Um, so they can kind of keep up that pace throughout the game, I think. Um, you know, Doc Rivers during the Hawks games kept talking about, during the in-game interviews, kept talking about how, he wanted the the Celtics to run with the Hawks. He wanted to keep the pace up and not have to play like a half court thing. So I, I, I would think against the Sixers, actually, they'd want to do the opposite and try to play half court and, and try to slow it down against them, um, so that so they don't get into a track meet with them.
0: Yeah, I you know uh, the the one the one strange matchup for me is obviously um, in the West. You know, I think whoever comes out of that. That Grizzlies Clippers matchup to me is kind of the wild card in the West, yep. um, because everybody just assumes, you know, you 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 just kind of go in assuming, well, the Spurs look so great, but then you think about the history they've had with the Grizzlies dating back to last season, right? And to me, the Clippers would present basically the same issues the Grizzlies did last year, you know they can kind of come at you from a, a, a several different angles and I don't know, you know, the Spurs are, are, are well equipped to handle the rigors of a playoff run right now. I think with all the additions they've made this year, I, I love the, I love the Steven Jackson um, being back in San Antonio Yeah, and, and him being on that roster to play. gives them that edge that maybe they were lacking last year. And, and I don't, I forget who I made the bet with, but I, I think I might've done it on Twitter. I said, if, if if Gregg Popovich could get Boris Diao in shape by the time the playoffs started, he he was getting he should get everybody to be the unanimous coach of the year. Um, <laughs> and I looked the I, other day, and Boris looks
1: good. I voted for him, so
0: yeah. I mean, Boris looks <laughs> good. So I was like, man, you tell me this dude is not the greatest. Yeah. Tell me he's not the greatest coach uh, in in the NBA. Um, last thing, Mike, before we get out of here, I gotta I gotta ask, and it's come up. We talked about Mike, you know, the Hawks co-owner michael garen and his comments um directed at kevin garnett now you hear about frank vogel uh talking about the the heat being the greatest flopping team in the nba um have we had have you had enough of our normal playoff you know bulletin board material yet i mean have, have you seen anything maybe that's gone under the radar in terms of bulletin board material because to me, it seems like it's cranked up now in the last week and a half. Now, like now, this—I know we had an abbreviated season and a you know com- compressed schedule to lock it up, but now I really feel like we're back to normal. Like this is what playoffs <laughs> feel like to me normally.
1: I don't. To me, like the Garen talking about about uh, Garnett being dirty or being old or whatever. Like you know, to me, that doesn't have as much punch as if a player says something about you. Um, right, you know, an owner talking about, and when Vogel talks to me, that just seems like a way of kind of taking the pressure off his guys, putting it on him. Right. Um, and, um, you know, to me, that's not as big a thing as if, if the series gets a little punchy, gets a little chippy. Um, and you know, I think that could happen if you end up with OKC against the Lakers or, um, you know, or the, the. The, the Clippers and the Grizzlies have started to get a little bit chippy, yep. In that series too, um, so I, I just think it's going to just continue as we get deeper and deeper into this thing, uh, just get more and more uh, built up. You know, I mean even yeah. when uh, even when Paul Pierce pulled that Janicus and half court, <laughs> of the Hogs game that didn't really cause that much of a stir. I know,
0: I know. I was kind of disappointed. I, I I rather enjoyed that. And then you know you got to think about we got Kobe and Mike Brown really tagging Andrew Bynum and, and Paul Gasol for their performance uh, against the Nuggets last night in game six. I mean, and, and Scott Howard Cooper of NBA.com is covering that series. He wrote a, he wrote a really nice uh, post game blog from there, you know, just saying that, Hey, Kobe and Mike Brown didn't pull any punches when they came in and laid in the Andrew Bynum and Paul Gasol about showing up, you know, uh, big for game seven. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm stocked and ready for the playoffs. I you know, I get to this point of the season and I get I get my second win. I don't know. I just I love the constant barrage of, of information, drama and all this good stuff come playoff time. So we will we will definitely get back on, on the Hangtime Podcast Airwaves next week. And Lang, I hope you saw our super producer. We've been wondering where he is. Well I saw him on, on uh NBA TV the other night hanging out with Robert Ori. Talking <laughs> about the Ori scale that's uh, on, on the All Ball blog. Micah Hart, shout out to him. You got to get on NBA.com and check him out. He, he made his uh, NBA TV debut the other night talking about the Ori scale with Robert Ori and Dennis Scott and the guys on Game Time. So, uh, shouts to Micah. Big shouts to Jamal Crawford for, for joining us here on Episode 78 of the Time Podcast. Lang, get rested, get better. Uh, let's, let's get rocking and rolling for the second round of the playoffs, and we will see everybody next time. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. Be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And for more of Lang, visit SlamOnline.com. You can follow Seiku and Lang on Twitter at SekouSmithNBA and Lang with it The Smyrna Spartans have yet to get on Twitter, but we'll let you know when they do.